How do you know you're up to date? When you follow EMS World, you answer that question with confidence. Because when we say EMS World, we mean the whole world of EMS. The remaining question for you is how will you stay up to date? In print, online, at EMS World Expo, the world's largest EMS-dedicated conference, and now in a podcast. Welcome to EMS World Podcast. In this episode, senior editor John Eric interviews Al Lula and Phil Moy, authors of The EMS Suicide Threat, which appears in the February issue of EMS World Magazine. Stay tuned after the Q&A for an article read aloud by author Al Lula. I'm John Eric, senior editor, and today we're here with doctors Al Lula and Phil Moy from Washington University in St. Louis, and they're here to discuss their February article on the EMS suicide threat. Guys, thank you for joining us. It's a real pleasure to be here. Thanks, John. Thank you for having. Let's uh, let's get right into it as this was uh, a very interesting uh, piece with a lot of important information. How long had the issue of uh, suicide and, and suicide risk been on the radar for you guys? And then how did this study uh, initially come about? Yeah, sure. Um, people who work in EMS uh, can speak to this issue. I think it's been going on likely for decades. And as of the last couple of years, there's been sort of some traction in the literature starting to talk about this this really important topic. But again, I think people who work in the field can really speak to the unique stressors of, of working in the EMS profession. When we started this research in 2016, we had realized that there had been some work done in law enforcement and fire and so forth, but we didn't really see too much in terms of research specifically in the EMS profession. So we decided to take that on. Uh, that coupled with the fact that in our local community, we actually had a local death by suicide. And it really served, I think, as an impetus for us to to really uh, progress and, and try to get some more answers on what was going on. Yeah, it's Phil Moy here. For me, since I've been in EMS a little bit longer than Dr. Lula, the issue of suicide in EMS really came to a head, I believe, in the 2014 NEMSP annual conference. It was either in San Diego or in Austin, I forget which one. But the president of the Code Green campaign, which everybody in EMS should know is for anybody who has thoughts of suicide for EMS providers, uh, spoke at the NAMSP conference eliciting and showing uh, the issues with suicide in EMS. As you note, uh, this issue is is starting to get a little bit of traction in in the scientific literature and the mainstream uh, press uh, among public safety in general, if not EMS in particular. You mentioned a, a suicide there in the St. Louis area that had occurred in your community? Yeah. Um, one of the members of our extended EMS family here lost their life to suicide, and it really kind of put things on our radar and uh, made it something that we really thought that we need to address because if this one individual was was facing challenging suicidal thoughts, we knew that there was a very high likelihood that there would be other members in our community who would be faced with similar things. And we wanted to try to at least address the issue. One of our concerns with it was that this was a topic that was somewhat stigmatized. People didn't feel comfortable about coming forth discussing this issue. And we felt that maybe by doing research on this topic, we could shed some light and say, hey, this is really a widespread issue that affects many, many different individuals in the profession and hopefully would serve as kind of the foundation to start getting some help and, and seeking additional resources. 
Sure. Now you used in the uh, the survey the SBQR. Can you tell us uh, a little bit about that and its background? Has it been used in other healthcare fields? Does it seem applicable to our our very unique field of EMS? Uh, sure. The SBQR uh, basically stands for the Suicidal Behaviors Questionnaire Revised, which is basically a shorter version of a longer survey that was previously done in the past. And it's basically a brief self-report measure consisting of four separate questions that addresses a different dimension of suicidality. The first question is basically, you know, have you ever thought about or attempted to kill yourself, which examines the lifetime suicidal ideation that an individual has. The second question addresses the frequency of suicidal thoughts over the past year. The third question goes into, you know, have you ever told someone that you were going to commit suicide, which evaluates the threat of committing suicide? And the last question is, how likely is it that you will commit suicide someday? And so, you know, we calculate these scores and a score greater than seven, greater than or equal to seven rather, has been validated as an effective predictor for risk of future suicidal behavior. If you kind of Google, you know, survey instruments for depression, suicide, there's tons of different tools out there. We use this one in particular because it was four questions and you can gain a lot of information from it. And our hope was by having a shorter kind of survey, we were going to able to get more responses. With respect to the question about has this ever been used in the EMS profession, to my knowledge, this has really never been studied particularly in EMS providers. It has been used previously in firefighters and has actually uncovered pretty high rates of suicidal behavior within the fire firefighter profession. But to my knowledge, there isn't specifically a survey instruments that kind of evaluates suicidal behavior in the EMS profession as a whole. Okay. And in the article, you characterize the results that emerged from from this as astounding. Can you sort of walk me through the process of, of assembling this data and sort of taking in the picture that it was depicting and your reaction as it developed? You must have been horrified at what you found. Yeah, we were definitely taken aback by the numbers that we saw. We knew that the numbers were kind of going to surprise us, but we didn't really expect it to be to be this high. Our numbers essentially found that essentially one in three of our EMS providers that walk through our ambulance doors are at risk of suicide or suicide attempt in the future. And one in four of them have contemplated suicide within the last year. You know, there was definitely some limitations to our research, which I'm sure we'll, we'll touch upon. But overall, we were definitely very much taken aback by, by these numbers. I really want to drive that home. One in three have a future risk of suicide. So that's one of us on this podcast and three of us have a risk of suicide. And then one in four, so if there was a fourth person on this podcast, one of us would have been at risk for previous suicides ideation. So to drive those numbers home, that's what those numbers really mean. And that's why it's so astounding. One in three for a future risk of suicide and one in four for prior risk of suicidal ideation. Let's just reiterate those because they were so alarming and so eye-popping. 31.3% of respondents showed an increased risk of future suicidal behavior, and 27.2% reported suicidal ideation in the previous year. Just uh, very, very concerning stuff. Uh, You also explored a little bit into some of the relationships uh, among the data. Let's delve a little bit into that. How, how much greater does the risk appear for males? Our study indicated that males were approximately 1.8 times more likely to be at risk for future suicidal behavior than females. This research is pretty well supported in the psychiatric literature, which, which shows that being male is a risk factor for completion of suicide. 
That being said, I would caution putting too much emphasis on this because I suspect that suicidal behavior in, in females is likely, you know, vastly underreported. But our research did definitely kind of show kind of a male predominance in our in our findings. And then how much of a factor does it appear that a family history of depression and suicide, it, how, how much of an impact is that? Um, when we asked EMS providers about, you know, if they had a family history of depression or suicide, we found that family history seemed to be associated with about a twofold increase in the risk for future suicidal behavior. Again, this is also pretty much in line with with other research that has been done done on this topic. Uh, nothing too surprising to me, anyway, among the uh, the top stressors that you mentioned in the in the article, finances and career and and sleep. Anything there that surprised you guys? For me, working in EMS for over this past half decade, um, unfortunately, no, it does not surprise me. The the pay that paramedics get, obviously we know is underpaid. The stresses of the career itself is hard, not only in patients, but unfortunately in the EMS society, we kind of eat our own sometimes. And so um, that unfortunately is not surprising to me. Now, one possible limitation that, that occurred to me as I read this article was uh, came from the survey format and the possible self-selection of respondents. What kind of response rate did you get uh, to the survey and what kind of effect, if any, do you think self-selection of respondents might have had? Could people who are considering suicide be more likely to respond to a survey like this? Yeah. So I think you touched upon one of the major limitations of survey methodology in general. I think anybody who's done this knows that there's some some issues with it. Our study had a response rate of about 33%, uh, which I would agree is somewhat problematic and on, and on the lower side. The issue with, with survey research, of course, is this issue of sampling bias, whereby the responses we get in the survey might be more indicative of a small subset of people who might be dealing with suicidal behavior as opposed to the EMS workforce at large. So you can make the argument that the people who responded were more likely to have suicidal thoughts versus you could also make the alternate argument that maybe our numbers are actually a lower representation of the number because some people, despite our best attempts at trying to keep everything anonymous, some people still did not feel very comfortable and uh, about sharing their experiences. And so maybe, in fact, the numbers that we that we put forth are underrepresenting the actual true extent of the problem. What I would say is, is in spite of the low response rate, we actually calculated that of the nearly 3,000 providers that we sampled, if we hypothetically got a 100% response rate and the uh, remaining respondents were less than seven, so not deemed to be at risk for suicidal behavior, that would still be roughly 8% of all providers experienced suicidal thoughts within the last year, which is still double from from the national numbers. If you look at numbers put forth by the Department of Health and Human Services, approximately like 3.9% of all Americans will have suicidal thoughts within the last year. So within EMS, we can say at least double of that is, is, is definitely a possibility, which is still concerning. Troubling for sure. There were some good participant comments included in the story, and, and then you guys had a concluding section as well that suggested some areas for action. Uh, if I'm a chief who is concerned about this, what, what are the one or two things I could, could do today or should prioritize as my top actions to help protect my people from this? In part of our survey, we allowed people to free text some comments and the areas that they thought for improvement, and we kind of analyzed all of the data that they shared with us. So I would say there's three things that, that we really took away as kind of the big take-home points from what EMS providers were telling us. The first thing that they talked about was they felt like there was a lack of support from their peers, their supervisors, and the organization they worked with. 
I think if there's anything that our research has indicated, it's that depression, suicidal thoughts are really widespread throughout the profession. And there's chances if one individual is experiencing it, that many others are too. And we hope that this helps to remove the stigma. So people are talking about it with each other earlier, with their higher ups, because not only is it therapeutic, I think if people are more comfortable talking about it, they're more likely to seek help. So I think that would be the first thing that, that people wanted to take away from this. The second thing that was brought up repeatedly was regarding the lack of resources available. Many individuals felt that things like the employee assistance programs uh, that were available to them were inadequate. More specifically, they felt that these programs lacked experts who had specific knowledge and understanding of the EMS profession in particular, which as you know, we know is is very much different than than the other areas of whether law enforcement, fire, and so forth. There's some unique challenges. So I think that is a really interesting point that we took away. And the last thing that people mentioned was the need for downtime after difficult calls, not several days later, but pretty much immediately after the kind of just suck it up. It's part of the job mentality that has kind of plagued the profession, I think has done some damage to people and requiring the time to cope and stuff and seeking the help they need, I think is really important. So those were the big takeaways. Some good ideas for uh, for immediate directions that, that people can take. Um, guys, as we wrap up here, uh, where where can folks read more and, and see the original uh, work? Is this study planned for journal publication? You know, we talked a little bit earlier about some of the limitations in our work. What I would say is, is that we're planning on sharing some of our data here with, with EMS World. And uh, our hope is, is that this will kind of serve as the foundation for future research. And hopefully we'll be able to add to this existing body of knowledge that, that we've got so far. Okay, wonderful. Um, guys, as we conclude here, is there anything else relevant to this discussion or this issue that folks ought to know? Anything that we hadn't touched on that would be relevant to suicide and EMS? For those who are dealing with these issues, number one, my advice for you is know what symptoms you could be experiencing from either PTSD or depression from the experiences you have in EMS. And that's just not yourself, but your significant other family can say, hey, you're not acting right. Really take that personally and really take that to the heart because they are looking out for your best interest. So for any of you out there who are feeling any of these or say, or are experiencing your family members saying, hey, dude, you're not acting right or you're acting a little funky, take that to heart and take that seriously. Try to figure out, is, is this what's affecting me and everything? There are resources out there for you. There's the Code Green campaign, which is a fabulous campaign started out in the West Coast that is spread nationally. And it's for EMS providers, paramedics, basics, and anybody else in the pre-hospital medical field for anybody feeling these, uh, feeling these uh, PTSD or depression from their experiences. It's not only for EMS, but it's for fire and police as well. But primarily the person who started, it was an EMS. So they truly understand what you're going through and they can get you help that you so need. Absolutely. I will. I will underscore that. The Code Green campaign uh, does terrific work. Many additional resources are out there and available as well. Please, please seek help if you feel you need it. Uh, Dr. Zaulula and Phil Moy, Washington University in St. Louis, thank you so much for joining us and for your work in this important area. Thanks, John. Thank you very much for having us. The EMS Suicide Threat New research finds alarmingly high rates of ideation and risk. By Al Lula, Lin Lin Tian, Phil Moy, Kristen Mueller, and Bridget Swanserik. As a 25-year veteran firefighter and EMT with an urban fire department, Michael Wojcik has seen it all. Operating on one of the busiest medic units in the country in some of the toughest neighborhoods in America, 
He has run countless calls for overdoses, gunshot wounds, and stabbings. But what began for Wojcik as an addictive adrenaline rush at 17 years old evolved over time into a dark accumulation of traumatic experiences. Despite his distinguished and successful career, Wojcik began having nightmares and flashbacks of calls he ran over the years. He developed insomnia and suffered from tremors and night sweats. Quote, Thoughts of suicide had set in. I thought I was useless and hopeless. I just wanted to end it all. Wojcik told an audience of EMS providers at the Code 3 conference in St. Charles, Missouri last year. In the first responder profession, we are trained not to turn our backs on our fellow brothers and sisters. Firefighters worry that seeking treatment is a sign of weakness, he said. Michael's experiences with post-traumatic stress disorder and suicidality led him to seek help, but the resources he found available were scarce and inadequate. As he increased his awareness about PTSD and suicide in EMS providers, Wojcik came across many others who shared similar experiences and thoughts to his. It was clear more work needed to be done on suicide awareness within the profession. At the breaking point. It's no secret that first responders, including EMS providers, experience high degrees of workplace stress. Traumatic calls, poor sleep quality, long shifts, lack of downtime after difficult calls, low salary, and low job satisfaction combine to make EMS one of the toughest jobs around. For these reasons, EMS providers are at high risk for burnout, anxiety, depression, PTSD, and suicide. According to the Department of Health and Human Services, suicide is a public health crisis in the U.S., with an estimated 40,000 Americans committing suicide annually, and 3.9% of Americans experiencing suicidal ideation every year. Research in first responders such as police officers, firefighters, and EMS providers indicates an alarmingly high career prevalence of suicidal ideation and attempts. In fact, one study revealed 15.5% of firefighters had attempted suicide at least once during their career. Furthermore, a recent retrospective study of death records found EMS providers were more likely to die by suicide than non-EMS providers. To many in EMS, these findings will be unsurprising. You may know personally or have heard about someone struggling with suicidal ideation. Maybe it's you. Chances are you've asked yourself, what can we do to help our coworkers? One of the greatest obstacles to implementing change in EMS relates to stigma associated with suicidal ideation and mental health care. The EMS culture is one in which providers experiencing suicidal ideation can't always discuss their concerns with colleagues or superiors or seek other forms of help. They may fear being perceived as weaker than their peers or retaliation from supervisors. The, quote, suck it up, it's part of the job mentality is all too common within the profession. The scope of the problem. While it's clear there's a problem with suicidality within the EMS profession, there are many challenges to addressing this issue. For starters, we don't know how many providers are at risk, or which one specifically, so as to better identify and give them support. Identifying the proportion of EMS providers at risk for suicide is a critical step with respect to appreciating the magnitude of the problem, dissolving the stigma, and prioritizing the initiation of prevention strategies and allocation of mental health resources for those affected. To better identify EMS providers at risk for suicide, we submitted anonymous surveys to EMS providers at 20 different regional agencies between July 2017 and October 2017. These included fire-based, private, hospital-based, third service, and air medical EMS agencies in a multi-state region that included Missouri, Illinois, Kentucky, and Iowa. EMS providers in these agencies operated in urban, suburban, and or rural communities. 
We reached out to the medical directors of these agencies for permission and subsequently sent an online survey via email with instructions on how to participate. The goal of the study was to evaluate risk of future suicidal behavior in EMS providers. We hypothesized that given the workplace stressors associated with EMS, EMS providers would be at higher risk for suicidal behavior compared to the general population. We utilized a previously validated survey instrument known as the Suicidal Behaviors Questionnaire Revised, abbreviated SBQR, to assess the proportion of EMS providers at risk for future suicidal behavior, for example, suicide attempt or completion of suicide. SBQR is a brief survey consisting of four questions that tap into four different dimensions of suicidality, lifetime suicidal ideation and or suicide attempts, the frequency of suicidal ideation over the past 12 months, the threat of future suicide attempts, and finally, the self-reported likelihood of suicidal behavior in the future. The survey is scored from 3 to 18. An SBQR score of 7 or greater has been validated as an effective predictor of increased risk for future suicidal behavior. In total, EMS providers were administered a 19-item survey that included the four SBQR questions, plus others on demographics, for example, race and age, setting of the agency, urban, rural, etc., and number of years spent working in EMS, average shift length in hours, average number of hours worked per week, self-reported sources of stress, whether the EMS provider personally knew another EMS provider who experienced suicidal ideation or committed suicide, and personal use of prescription medications for depression and or PTSD. The survey says, While we hypothesized that high rates of suicidality existed among EMS providers, none of us were prepared for the astounding rates at which EMS providers are affected by suicidality. Of the 903 licensed EMTs or paramedics that filled out the survey, 283, or 31.3%, had SPQR scores greater than or equal to 7, reflecting increased risk for future suicidal behavior. The study revealed that 27.2% of EMT and paramedic survey respondents reported suicidal ideation in the past year, a rate seven times higher than the general population. Our statistical analysis revealed a few important relationships. Most notably, males were more likely to have risk for suicidal behavior. In addition, a family history of depression or suicide was also associated with increased risk for future suicidal behavior. The top three stressors reported by EMS providers were related to their career, finances, and lack of sleep. Our analysis revealed no statistical correlation between any of the other questions asked in the survey and increased risk. The voice of EMS. Roughly a quarter of individuals who responded to our survey offered suggestions regarding the problem of suicide in EMS. In their comments, EMS providers identified three major problems. Lack of support from peers, supervisors, and the organization for which they worked. Lack of resources available for individuals struggling with suicidal thoughts, including employee assistant programs. More specifically, employee assistance programs do not typically include experts who are familiar with or have any prior EMS experience. Need for downtime after difficult calls. Some of the individuals who responded to this survey shared chilling accounts of their own experiences with suicide. Some of those experts are listed below. Quote, One of the biggest issues I see time and time again is when we run these high-stress, bad, and critical calls. We are put right back into service, and even if we request help, it can take days to get it. Debriefings are few and far between, and just because members are not killing themselves does not mean they aren't using unhealthy coping mechanisms. All too frequently, I see coworkers using alcohol as a coping mechanism. Quote, 
I think employee assistance programs are a good concept. However, most fail in real implementation. I've seen multiple EMS providers ask for help over the years only to be ostracized by their peers or management, talked out of receiving the counseling by management due to the associated cost to the company, or only allowed to attend one to three sessions with a counselor and then essentially cut off. Mental health has been a hot-button topic in EMS, but from my perspective, your everyday frontline providers and managers have not only failed to embrace the needed changes, but continued to walk down the same path we've been on for decades. Quote, I've heard many providers scoff at the idea that EMS workers can get PTSD. Their stance is, if the job bothers you, find something easier or shut up. Until this ideology dies, many providers will continue to hold their silence if they are depressed or suicidal. I've had a few calls that still bother me. I fear I have PTSD from my job, but I don't want to face the stigma of being labeled. I've sought counseling through the EAP in the past and have been severely disappointed, but I cannot afford the co-pays to see a psychologist or psychiatrist. I know I'm not alone, but I fear the repercussions of seeking help will have on my career and reputation as a medic. A call to action. While previous work has demonstrated a high incidence of suicidal ideation and suicide attempts in EMS providers, our study is the first to quantify future risk of suicide within the EMS community. The disproportionately high rates of suicidality present in the study raise strong concern regarding the risk of future suicide attempts and death by EMS providers. Our work affirms the need for greater access to and implementation of resources that support EMS providers who experience suicidality. The need for suicide prevention programs, employee assistance programs, and support groups that specifically target the unique challenges of the EMS profession cannot be overstated. Successful incorporation of these measures requires increased support from supervisors, peers, medical directors, the EMS community at large, elected officials, and the general public. These interventions have the potential to decrease the negative stigma of mental illness and improve access to mental health care in this cohort. To address the extensive degree to which EMS providers face the risk of future suicidal behavior identified in this study, EMS agencies should institute education programs for providers, supervisors, and medical directors on the topics of depression, PTSD, and suicide within the field. Additionally, we recommend EMS providers be educated on the signs and symptoms of suicidal behavior so they can get better access to existing support mechanisms. Lastly, a system to initiate provider downtime could help combat stress, depression, suicidal ideation after challenging calls. Improved implementation of measures that support mental health for EMS providers can help stem the tide of suicidal behavior within the field. Advocacy at the local, state, and national levels is essential to ensure adequate funding to address this epidemic and reduce the risk to EMS providers. The final word. Suicidal ideation and behaviors are deeply entrenched within the EMS community, and experiences like Wojcik's are unfortunately more common than is often recognized. While there are limitations to our survey research, overall our findings demonstrate an alarming number of EMS providers are at risk for future suicidal behavior. The EMS community must work towards supporting and finding solutions for our providers in need. If you or anyone you care about are struggling with suicidal thoughts, please refer to the Code Green campaign for additional resources. This has been an episode of EMS World Podcast. You can find this article and hundreds more like it at emsworld.com. You can also follow EMS World on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And see you in Vegas, September 14th through the 18th, 2020, at EMS World Expo.